It's a fantastic when people come to faith in Jesus, isn't it? And one of the big things I got out of what David said there is, if you've got any tough questions, go and speak to Sean at the end. Okay? Sean has got all the answers to all the tough questions in life. Okay? That's what I heard there. You maybe heard something different, but that's what I heard. It's good to be here today. Just before I share today's, well, just give a, a, a recap and a couple of things that from last week. Uh, if you weren't here last week, cause I know many of you weren't here last week. Um, it was the beginning of the year. I'm just share a little bit about where we are as a church. And we believe that it's a significant year for you. And I shared, I'm not speaking that verse today, but there's a significant verse in Acts chapter 20, verse 20, 2020 for 2020, where Paul says uh, to speak to Ephesian church leaders, he says, I didn't shrink back from telling you what you needed to hear, either publicly or in your homes. And just that phrase really gripped me, it says, and I believe it's a year not to shrink back. I believe 2020 is a year not to shrink back. But beyond that, it's a year to embrace and take hold enthusiastically and willingly all that's in front of us. Instead of shrinking back from God or from what we face or what God's got for us, it's a year to go forward and embrace everything that God's got. It's a year to embrace the challenges and embrace everything that's ahead of us. So 2020, we are focusing all through the year and a year to embrace. And a year to embrace whatever and different things. Uh, for the beginning of the month, we're embracing God in a way that we're having four prayer meetings that are the first, the, each Wednesday night this month we're meeting together for prayer. We started Wednesday with a great worship night where the presence of God was so real. And it's wonderful. And the next three Wednesdays we're going to have prayer times. We're going to come and pray. And this Wednesday, if you need prayer for anything, we're going to spend some time where we're going to just going to pray with you. But I lay hand you, you need to receive from God in any way. When you need filling in the Holy Spirit, you need uh, healing. We're going to spend time believing that God's in the house and we're going to embrace God and all that he has and his power. And we're going to spend time this Wednesday. So if you need, or you know somebody who's got needs, just bring them along and we're going to spend time in believing in God. This is a year to see God do greater things than we've ever seen. And Kilpatrick shared something with us at the early meeting where she believed that greater things are still coming. And know we say it, but I believe, and as I said, that this is a significant year we're going to see greater things and never before, and we're embracing God, and part of that is our 20 days of praying fasting, we've got 20 20s for 2020, uh, 20 goals, uh, a bit round about the word, uh, the number 20 for 2020, thank you to George for putting them on the church suite, uh, if you want to know anything about church suite, there's a lot of information on there, see George, he's the technical man, okay, um, don't talk to me, because I have no clue, but George is a go-to man, and thankfully he's put 20, or 2020s for 2020 up on the church suite. So have a look, and we'll try and produce them some other way. And one of the first ones is 20 days of prayer and fasting, and we're spending uh, Monday to Friday uh, for the four weeks of January, give you a weekend off where you're fasting, and it might not be food, it might be social media, it might just be something that you rely on and you do, and the idea of the fasting is not just not in food, but it's to, it's to spend that time with God. Um, Chris Hodges, uh, David was reminded me this week, Chris Hodges uh, talked about how we're tripart beings, body, soul, and spirit, and the body is the flesh part, and to stop and abstain from food, that's like a disconnect from the flesh and all that the flesh wants, and then the soul is like 
our mind, our emotions, and that relates to people around about, and like social media can be take, coming off that is dealing, disconnected from the soulish aspect of our life. But the fast is so we spend time with the spirit, and so the spirit is a connect with God. And take the, the disconnect from the flesh or from the social media or the world and all that's going on is to uh, substitute that with a connect time with the living God. So it's not a matter of just not doing food or not doing social media, whatever else you feel you need to uh, detach from. But we believe this is a month where every day we're spending time connecting with the living God. We're embracing God and we're talking with him and we're discussing with him and listening to him and all that he has got for us this year. And at the end of this month, uh, it was on the news. We do have a, a heart for the house offering. We believe for greater things. We believe that God's doing great things. But uh, whatever you do, you need money. And we're just asking you to pray a bit above our, our normal offerings or our tithes or our giving. What can we pledge and give as a heart for the house to make this place the place that's more embracing and more welcoming for people of whatever that building looks like, uh, whether it's building outside or building here. But it's so that we can make a make, uh, place of where we meet, wherever that might be, greater and better and more appropriate for the 21st century and for every age group in the house. So we're asking you to pray over this month, God, what can I pledge and what can I give? And as you spend time embracing God in prayer and fasting and whatever you're doing, we believe God will show you and God will speak to you and challenge you so that you can give and we'll have a special offering which is above our normal offerings and it's a pledge. You don't need to give at the end of the month, but you can make a pledge that this year I'll commit over the year to give over and above. You with me? Got me in that? Thank you. Any questions? At the end, we have an Ask Me Desk through there. In it left, we have somebody who answers the easy questions. Remember, Sean asks, answers the tough questions, but any easy questions, there'll be somebody at the Ask Me Desk through there. And it's amazing. I shared last week how um, it's like when you buy a car that you've never seen before, and once you've bought it, you see them everywhere, so to speak. And it's a say I shared with uh, this phrase with embrace kept coming to me while I was pondering this for two weeks. And even this week, I was reading a book that David had given me uh, to look at. One about 15 books he gave me, but this is one I read. Okay, or I'm reading. And it's amazing. And then the in, just in the introduction, know the bit where you, you can't, when, if you get a book, I look how many pages are in this book. Okay, then 400 pages, oh, take me forever. Okay, I like the short books that are easy to book. But then I looked, but this book had about 20 pages of introduction. I thought, good grief. And normally I don't read the introduction. I normally skip to page one, so I know I'm nearly on page 400. Anyway, but just in the introduction, it, it said, embrace, embrace uh, strategy, embrace struggles, embrace the truth. I thought, God, you, either my eyes are just open to this, or you're really speaking to me about things that I need to be embraced. So that's another three message titles I've got for the year. So every book I'm reading now, I've got about five, six or seven message titles that I've read from elsewhere. And I believe God is speaking to us. And it's a year to embrace all that God has got for us. Paul wrote to the Philippians, says, this is not my preach for day, this is just a bonus. It's not I've already reached the goal of become perfect, but I keep pursuing it, hoping somehow to embrace it to embrace it. Paul lived a life, I want to embrace more. I want to embrace what's ahead of me. I want to embrace more than where I am just now. And I believe God wants us to embrace more. And I'm now going to read what I should be reading from the start, from Titus chapter 3. I'm reading the whole scripture here. 
and then make some comments on it. I mean, from the New Living Translation, remind the believers to submit to the government and its officers. They should be obedient, always ready to do what is good. They must not slander anyone and must avoid quarreling. Instead, they should be gentle and show true humility to everyone. Once we too were foolish and disobedient, we were misled and became slaves to many lusts and pleasures. Our lives were full of evil and envy, and we hated each other. But when God, our Savior, revealed his kindness and love, he saved us, not because of the righteous things we had done, but because of his mercy. He washed away our sins, giving us a new birth and new life through the Holy Spirit. He generously poured out the Spirit upon us through Jesus Christ, our Savior. Because of his grace, he declared us righteous and gave us confidence that we will inherit eternal life. This is a trustworthy saying, and I want you to insist on these teachings so all who trust in God will devote themselves to doing good. These teachings are good and beneficial for everyone. Do not get involved in foolish discussions about spiritual pedigrees or in quarrels and fights about obedience to Jewish laws. These things are useless and a waste of time. If people are causing divisions among you, give a first and second warning. After that, have nothing more to do with them. For people like that have turned away from the truth and their own sins condemn them. I'm planning to send either Artemis or Tychicus to you. As soon as one of them arrives, do your best to meet me at Nicopolis, for I have decided to stay there for the winter. Do everything you can to help Zenos the lawyer and Apollos with their trip. See that they are given everything they need. Our people must learn to do good by meeting the urgent needs of others. Then they will not be unproductive. Everybody here sends greetings. Please give my greetings to all the believers, all who love us. May God's grace be with you all. Amazing. What's that got to do with embracing God? Well, hopefully it's got something to do with it. Uh, as we just, for a few minutes, unpack a little bit of what Paul is saying. He's basically writing to Titus, who is like a pastoring or leading a church in the island of Crete. Some calls are easier and better than others, obviously. Um, some get Crete, some get we won't mention the places, okay? When I was younger, uh, the best is Pressway, obviously, to get. I remember <coughs> when Kath and I, many years ago, were at a church down in, in Wales or a weekend, and there was an American team over, and they sang a song. It was a youth type of weekend, but they were singing a song, and here I am, send me as an ambassador to my high school. That was the gist of it. Send me to my high school as an ambassador for you. And then he broadened it out to everyone. He says, we can all say that. Send it to my workplace. Send it to my family as an ambassador for you. And then he said a moment and just take a moment to feel where does God want to send you as an ambassador. And just sing this song as a prayer to him. And I'm sorry, but cheekily I started singing, here I am, send me to Hawaii as an ambassador for you. God saw my heart and knowing that motive was not really very good and so he's never answered that prayer. But thank God for Presswick uh, and I wouldn't swap it for Hawaii or anywhere else on the planet. I believe God's here and I believe God's doing great things and it's great to be part of what God is doing. Two headings in this letter, basically Paul writes and one's about 
promote right teaching and do what is good, which is quite simple. And the reality is any teaching of any sort from the Bible should be an application of doing good or doing something with it. It's not just a head knowledge in here in your life. We don't want just to be a head knowledge. We want to be practical and real and help in our daily lives. But Paul, when he's writing here, says, Once we were foolish and disobedient, we were misled and became slaves to many lusts and pleasures. Our lives were full of evil and envy, and we hated each other. Which is not really a pretty picture, to be honest. It's not great how they used to be. And there's a sense in which he could have put it in another way and says, once we embraced a lifestyle which was godless, we embraced a lifestyle which was not honoring to God in any way. We embraced a lifestyle, and it wasn't just we played about with it, we really embraced it and took hold of a lifestyle which was not filled with God, and it was godless in many ways. But then he goes on to say, but when God our Savior stepped in, something changed. Something different happened. Something happened when God, our Savior, stepped into our world and stepped into our life. And then he goes on to say, a change happened. Then he commented in verse 7, he says, and so made heirs by his own grace. One version says, eternal life we now embrace. We embrace. We used to live a life where we embraced Godlessness. We embraced, uh, embraced a life which is not honoring to God, but something changed. The moment God stepped into our life, the moment Jesus Christ became our Savior, something changed. And he says, and we now embrace eternal life. But when we talk about eternal life, it's not just about a time scale. It's not that eternal life is that we live forever in eternity with Him. There's something about eternal life which is not just about a quantity, but it's a quality. There's a something, there's a change takes place. It's something of the life of God comes into us. It's not just we're going to live forever, but there's a new life in us. There's a change type of life. There's a different type of life. There's a God life comes inside us. And we didn't just embrace living forever. We embrace a new way of living. We embrace an eternal God-given life where God deposits His life in us through His Spirit and something changed and we begin to embrace something that's different. We embrace something that's different from where we were. We embrace a God-filled life. We embrace God in a new way. Before, God was our judge, but we now embrace Him as our Savior. It used to be we, He was out there, but now we embrace the fact that He's in here living by His Spirit. We embrace, he used to be a go-to in emergency. And now he's our first point of call. Now he's not just a reason to go to an emergency. He's the reason we live. We embrace him as a reason to live. We embrace him as a father. We embrace him as a friend. We embrace God in a way we never embraced him before because he comes to be all, the end all, the end us. He's everything that we are. He's the focus of our life. He's the point of our life. Before he was just whenever we felt like it. But now he is number one. We embrace him as a centerpiece. He's the number one, the one whom we live for every day and every night. Something changed when he came in and we embrace him in a new, different way. And when we embrace God in that way, what we find is we embrace not just a concept, but we embrace God and who he is and all he is and all his character that comes with who he is. 
It was just to be distant. But when we accepted Jesus Christ as our Savior, and if you've done that earlier, it's the greatest decision you've ever made in your life. You're not just embracing a concept, you're embracing a God, a God who's the universe God, but a God who personally cares for you. A God. And then Paul says when you're embracing this new eternal life thing, you're embracing God. But then he talks about what we embrace within that concept. What does it mean to embrace God? Well, we talk about when we embrace his character, we embrace, first of all, kindness. The Bible says here that he's kindness. We embrace his kindness. We embrace God, we find that he is kind. He is a kind God. He is excellent. Your loving kindness, O oh God, is excellent, as Psalm 36 says. Psalm 52, 1 says, Your loving kindness, God, endures all day long. Psalm 63, 3 says, Because your loving kindness is better than life, my lips will praise you. Remember the old chorus who used to sing it? But your loving kindness is better than life. When you embrace God, you're embracing someone who's the kindest person you've ever met in your life. You're embracing the kindness of God, and that should cause you to praise Him when you find out God is kind. You do maybe don't know God. But I want to tell you this morning, when you embrace God, you, what you're embracing is a kindness. It's a kind God. He's kind to you. Maybe some people have not been kind to you. Maybe you've not been kind to others. But I want to tell you, God is consistently kind. His loving kindness endures forever. And we're embracing God this month. I want us to experience the kindness of God in a way that we've never experienced it before. You'll find that God is kind. But not only are you experiencing His kindness, you're experiencing love. You're experiencing love because you can be kind to somebody without loving them. But you can't love someone and not be kind to them. You don't just experience kindness from God. You experience kindness because He loves you. Because He loves you. And you experience God. You're experiencing love in a way that you've never experienced love before. John, 1 John 4, 16 says, God is love. God can't stop loving you. He's made of love. God can't not love you. He just is made of love. God is love. John 3, 16, the most famous verse in the Bible, for God so loved. He didn't just love you, but God so loved the world that he gave his only son. Whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. It's not just a love you a little bit. It's not just a love you half and half. God loves you. God loves you completely. God loves you. And the Bible says he loves us. I've loved you with an everlasting love, Jeremiah 3 says. Psalm says that I've loved you. Your steadfast love endures forever. 1 John 4.19 says we only love because he first loved us. And we embrace God and we really spend time and we get a hold and say, God, you're becoming more important in my life. And I want to embrace you. What you will experience and embrace is love that you've never known it before. I love that no matter where you've been, no matter what you've done, you're still loved. You're still accepted. God still loves you no matter what you've done. A love that will not let you go. A love that casts out all fear. A love that surpasses any human love you've ever had. An unconditional, everlasting love. No matter how far you've gone away from Him, there's an unconditional love of God that is still reaching out to you. We embrace God. We embrace love. What can I love? Well, First Corinthians says, love is patient, kind. It's not jealous or boastful or proud. It does not demand its own ways. It's not irritable. Keeps no record of wrongs. Doesn't rejoice about injustice, but rejoices with the truth. 
never gives up, never loses faith, was always hopeful, endures in every circumstance. You embrace God, you're embracing kindness, you're embracing love. And then here it says you're embracing mercy. You're embracing mercy. The heart of God is full of mercy. You used to be outside of God. Judgment was a sentence. But when we embrace God, we embrace mercy. And you find that James says that his mercy triumphs over judgment. We embrace mercy. Peter puts it like this. Once we'd not received mercy, but now we have received mercy. When you embrace God, you don't embrace judgment. You embrace mercy. I don't know about you, but there's one day in my spiritual life, I went to a place called Calvary, accepted Jesus as my Savior. And what I found was mercy there was great and grace was free. Pardon there was multiplied to me at Calvary. That's an old one. But when you come to God, what you'll find is mercy is great. There is mercy. And what I find now is that his goodness and his mercy run after me every day of my life. And I want to tell you, I need a lot of mercy. And I need God's mercy in my life. But when I embrace God, I embrace his mercy. I embrace mercy. I don't embrace judgment. I embrace mercy. And I also embrace grace as well. Because the old daddy says that mercy is us not getting what we deserve. And grace is us getting what we do not deserve. Unmerited favor. His mercy is God not punishing basically. His grace is God pouring into our life what we don't deserve. His mercy, there was great, but his grace was free. His mercy is wonderful. And every time I come to God, you know what? I embrace grace. Every time I come to God, the only way I can approach him, the only way I can embrace him is because of grace. Because of grace. The Hebrew writer puts it like this in Hebrews 4 and 16. Let us approach God's throne of grace with confidence so that we might rejoice or receive mercy and find grace to help in a time of need. The only way I can embrace them is because of grace. But you know what I find? There's grace there. You know, and there's times I think I've used up an awful lot of grace, and that's just in one day. I've used up an awful lot of God's grace. We know what the Bible says in James 4? That he gives more grace. What a God we have. God, I've used up an awful lot of grace today. It's okay. I give more grace. And it's not just a grace for salvation. It's a grace for living. You know, there's a time Paul says, I'm struggling, God. I, I need you to take this thing away from me. This don't, I, I, I just can't cope with this in my life anymore. And God said, you know what, Paul? My grace is sufficient for you. There's a grace that comes into your life which is sufficient for you. And it's when you embrace God, you embrace the grace, which is not just for saving, but it's for loving, and it's for empowering. And some other translation says, my grace is all you need. My gift of undeserved grace is all that you need. Isn't that great? But you embrace grave, you embrace grace. New 11 translation says, he gives grace generously. 
But what I found is when you embrace God, you just embrace generosity. You embrace generosity. You find that God's a generous God. Some of us have a mindset of a God who's stingy and a God who's, it's as if you have to answer my prayers. God's heart is, I want to bless you. I want to be generous. I want to pour out. I want to give you more than you need. My heart is, come on, I've got so much and I want to give you. And it says here specifically, he poured, he generously uh, poured out his Holy Spirit upon us. It's not enough to forgive us, to cleanse us, to wash us, to redeem us, to bring us into right relationship. He then poured out his Spirit to equip us. He generously gave us everything that we need for life. He pours out and he pours out and he pours out, but it's not just his Spirit. If you read the Bible and you think your God's a stingy God, this is what my God is like. And according to Ephesians, in Jesus, we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses, because of the riches of his grace that he lavished on us. When Paul was writing to Philippians, he says, you know, my God's going to supply all your needs according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. He's a God of more than enough. He's a God of much more. And then James 1 and 5 says, see if you any, any need wisdom, ask our generous God and he will give you it and he'll not rebuke you for asking for you because the heart of God keep asking me, keep asking me because I'm more willing to pour out into you than you are to ask me for it. But my heart is just to give and to give and to give. Here's another old one. His love has no limits. His, power, his grace has no measure. His power has no boundaries known unto man. But out of his infinite riches in Jesus, he giveth and giveth and giveth again. Hallelujah. The heart of God is so generous that he wants to give. And you say, oh, I've had enough blessings. God says, I've got more blessings for you. I've got more strength for you. I've got more healings for you. I've got more reconciliations. I've got more provision for you. My heart is just to pour out and pour out and pour out. I mean, you embrace God in a way that you've never done before. What you'll find it. He's not a stingy God. He's not a mean God. He's not a God who's just dare me to bless you. He's a God whose heart is running towards you and saying, God, he's saying, I want to bless you. I want to pour out all you need. I just want you to embrace me. And as you embrace me and we come into a deeper relationship than ever before, you'll find that my heart of generosity can flood into you. And I'm not just talking finance, but all the grace you need, all the strength you need, all the favor you need, whatever you need, you embrace God. You embrace generosity. And when you embrace God, you also embrace his righteousness. Aren't you glad that you embrace his righteousness? Aren't you glad that he gives us his righteousness? You embrace righteousness. Uh, I don't know if you're a certain age like me. You remember uh, an old thing back in the ancient, ancient, not black and white days, but it was a Saturday morning, must-see TV. It was Noel Edmonds' multicolored swap shop. You remember, some of you remember it, some of you are older than me. But some of you uh, remember this, and you know what? There was a sense in which it was great. I never phoned in, but some phoned in. And if, you, if you're too young to remember, kids phoned in this Saturday morning to exchange stuff. It was a swap shop. Somebody once for a badminton rack. I think Mel B of the Spice Girls have done it once for a, and a la, uh, I, I finished my badminton racket, give me a alarm clock or something like that. Uh, and listen, and, and some kids really get, they, they get kind of a bad deal. Okay, some... Some kids, and it's like, I want to get rid of something that I don't need anymore, I don't want anymore, and I want something better, really. And some kids get, well, some people get ripped off a wee bit with what they are. And I'm sure some kids didn't ask their parents' permission because they were trying to swap things that their parents would never have let them swap, really. You put it into modern day. I had to get this from David. Okay, it's as if, um, 
an iPod for an iPhone. Okay, if you're new today, if it was today, you'd have kids phone in and say, I want to get rid of my iPod and I want an iPhone instead. Or if you're an adult, it says, I want to get rid of my Ford car, car and I want a Porsche or something like that. Okay, but it says, I want to get, do that wrong. Okay, uh, it's as if you're swapping something that you didn't want, that you had no time for anymore, and I, I don't want that anymore in my life, and I want something better. It was never something worse that you got. It wasn't something like I'm giving you something great and something I've got, uh, and I want something that's a lot worse. It was always something that you didn't want. It was a swap shop. I don't want this anymore. It's rubbish. I've no need for it in my life, and I want something better. That was the gist of what was going on in that program. And now the reality is, when I embrace God, some exchange, there's a swap shop experience takes place. Because the Bible says about Jesus that God made him who had no sin, made sin for us, so that we might become the righteousness of God. So what happens when I embrace God and I come to him, that he takes away all the rubbish in my life, all the sin in my life, all the past that was rubbish and bad and not glorifying to God and all the things that made me wrong and away from God and an enemy of God. When I come to him and embrace God and accept Jesus and I embrace God, what I find, he takes away all that rubbish because Jesus took that for me and instead he gives me his righteousness and I become the righteousness of God in Jesus Christ. What a swap shop that is. And that was the greatest uh, thing that Jesus gave up all the privilege of heaven and he swapped heaven, he swapped royalty, he swapped heaven and he swapped it to become a man and to die on the cross and say I'll take the rubbish, I'll take the nonsense, I'll take the rubbish, I'll take the punishment for you in exchange I'll give you the best that I've got and I want to tell you when we embrace God we embrace all that God's got we embrace heaven's best we, we embrace the righteousness of God so that we can stand righteous before our holy God and this year you need to recognize that Jesus paid it all. Jesus took it all. And when you're embracing God in a new way, it's not for you to be condemned. It's so that you can recognize how wonderful and how amazing and how righteous God has made us through Jesus Christ. We're embracing God. We embrace His righteousness. I am the righteousness of God in Christ. Not because of what I've done, but because of everything that Jesus done. And he swapped my rubbish, filthy, royal uh, rags, as the old song says, and he gave me a robe of righteousness in exchange. How wonderful is that? And we embrace a confidence that God has given us. The confidence that comes from a right relationship with God. Because of our faith in him, we can now come boldly and confidently into God's presence. I exchanged the fear. And there was times when even I was growing up, there was a sense of fear in my life that, oh, God's there to hit me with a big stick every time I do something wrong. Every time I made a mistake, oh, no. Oh, no. Bad things are going to happen to me. And I used to be scared to come into his presence. But once I embraced the love of God and who he was, and that was righteous because of not what I was done, but because of Jesus. Something changed in my relationship. 
and I have a confidence that I can come into his presence because I'm loved, because I'm accepted, because I'm clean, because I'm righteous before him, because God's for me, because his protection's over me, because his favor's on my life. And when I come into his presence, I come in with a confidence, not because of me, but because of Jesus. And I embrace God, I embrace a confidence that I am who I am because of Jesus Christ, that I'm more a conqueror, that I'm a victor, that I'm a winner because of Jesus Christ, that I'm clean because of Jesus and have a confidence in Jesus Christ. And when you embrace God and who he is and the character of a confidence come into your life, that you can come into the very presence of God, not in fear that God's going to straight you down, but in, but in a relationship where God is for you. And when you embrace God, that's what happens to us. And we embrace eternal life. Praising God gives us a confidence that we will inherit eternal life. And the ISV version says, And so made heirs by his grace, eternal life we now embrace. Are you ready to embrace all the life that God's got for you? As we embrace God, it's a year to embrace all that God's got for us. It's not shrinking back, but it's recognizing I'm embracing God and embracing who he is and embracing all that he is and all that he has for me. Let's embrace God. And when you embrace God, you'll embrace his kindness, his love, his mercy, his grace, his generosity, his righteousness, his confidence. You'll embrace eternal life when you embrace God. And maybe you think, oh, why would God want me to embrace him? Listen, the heart of God is to embrace you. I love the story of the prodigal son. The band can come up. I love the story of the prodigal son who went away from father. And what it tells us, and it's a reflection of the heart of God, when you come in to embrace God in a new and a fresh way, what you'll find that God is already reaching out to embrace you. If you read the scripture in Luke 15, it says, the son was coming back to the father. It says, and as he came back to his father, but while he was still a long way off from his father, his father saw him, felt compassion, ran, and embraced him and kissed him. I want to tell you, you might think, I'm embracing God, but does God want me to embrace him? I want to tell you, God is standing looking for you just to make a step towards him. And he's going to come running with his arms outstretched to embrace you in a fresh and a new way. This is a year where we're embracing God in a new way. Our relationship is getting closer than ever before because we're embracing him. But I want to tell you, there's no fear in coming to embrace God. All you're embracing is love and kindness and grace and mercy and a heart which is already reaching out to embrace you. But then we need to take that embracing God then express God to the world. There's the benefits of embracing them, but you cannot embrace God without being changed in the heart of God touching you. It says in these teaching, it says, get them to devote themselves to doing good. Because the object of embracing God and all that he is is so that we can go and express God. Because there's a world out there who don't know there's a God willing to embrace them. And we need to go and express him so that they'll start running 
and find that he's running towards him. Jesus was the greatest expression of God. And it says in Acts 10, 38, he was anointed by God and he went about doing good and healing all who are oppressed. And Paul writes here, yeah, embrace all God that he is, but then they need to go about and do stuff with it. We know Ephesians 2, 10 says, we're God's masterpiece where his hand is work to do the good works that he's called us to do. And Paul basically says, don't embrace foolish discussions or quarrels or religious legalism. They're useless. They're divisive. But people must be do good by meeting the urgent needs of those around us. And all I'm saying, and all this morning I'm saying is, that this year by year where we embrace God in levels we've never embraced them before. As you do, you'll find it always good. But as we embrace God, we need to then go and express that God in our workplace and our families and, and wherever else we are. Can we stand for a moment? Some are struggling in here, the fact that you still think God is he's not willing to accept me. We want to tell you God wants to accept you. For those, even though you've accepted years and been what, you still feel you've separated a bit from God. Still early in this year, take these moments to say, Lord, I want to embrace you in a new way. I'm coming to embrace God in a new way. And I want to tell you what you'll find is that the Father's arms are already wide open, ready to embrace you. It doesn't matter where you've been or what you've done. All you're going to embrace is kindness and love and mercy and grace and generosity, righteousness, eternal life. Just where you are, just take a moment and say, Lord, I'm making a decision right early on in January that I'm going to this year embrace you in a way that I've never embraced you. I'm going to take hold of you in a way I've never taken hold of you before. And I want to tell you, you'll find God's already, he's already running to embrace you already this morning. He just wants you where you are just to say, Lord, I'm coming. Father God, I'm coming. I'm coming to embrace you. I'm sorry that maybe I've not embraced you in a way that I should have, but this year, it's a new year, and I'm, I'm embracing you in my life in a way beyond where I've been. And once I've embraced you, I'm going to express you to a dying world who's reaching out for hope and for help. And our God is the answer through Jesus Christ. Father, I pray for every heart in here. Father, I pray for wherever they are, wherever we are, that, Lord, we embrace you in a new way this year. I pray that we, Father God, we make a decision right at the beginning of the year that this is a year where we're not messing about anymore. We want to embrace all that you are and all that you have for us. We're going to reach out. We're not shrinking back from what you've got for us. We're reaching forward. We're growing forward. We're reaching out. We're embracing all that's ahead of us. But before all the circumstances, before all the things, even all the blessings, we want to embrace you. We want to embrace you because it's all about a relationship with you above anything else. And as we embrace you, thank you, Lord, that your heart can then transfer into our heart. And we can go and express you into a dying world which badly needs the embrace of God in their life. But I pray for every heart here, Lord, and I pray come the end of this year 
that we will have embraced you and we will have experienced you in even greater levels than we've ever done before. Thank you for your heart, which is already reaching out to us. And for those who are struggling, wondering whether you love them or you're for them, let them just have a drop in their spirits right now to know that you love, that you're reaching out to them. For those who have been told bad stuff and that they can never be loved or accepted, I pray for the love of God just to sweep over them right now. Just drop something of the heart of God right into us spirits right now, that people know how much you love them, that we know how much you're for them, that we know how much your heart is reaching out towards us, Lord, and all that you've got for us is just, is just there, ready for us to embrace you. But Lord, as we embrace you, let us always remember never to take your blessings for granted, but never to put your blessings before you in the relationship we have with you. Because you're more than enough just knowing you. But Lord, let this year be the greatest year in our lives and in our church. And let us embrace you and experience you in greater ways than we've ever done before. I love you, Lord. Oh, your mercy never fails me And all my days I've been held in your hands From the moment that I wake up Till I lay my head I will sing All the goodness of God All my life all my life you have been faithful All my life you have been so, so good With every breath that I am able I will sing of the goodness of God I love your voice You have led me through the fire In darkest night You are close like no other I've known you as a father I've known you as a friend And I have lived in the goodness of God 